Welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the evening service of Sunday the 6th of January 2013, entitled Evaluating Our Time, and the Bible reading is Psalm 90. Here's Pastor Larry T. Curtis. I invite you to stand with me for the reading of God's Holy Word as we read Psalm 90 together. Lord, Thou hast been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, wherever Thou hadst formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, Thou art God. Thou turnest man to destruction and sayest, Return, ye children of men. For a thousand years in Thy sight are but as yesterday when it is past, and as a watch in the night. Thou carriest them away as with a flood. They are as a sleep. In the morning they are like grass which groweth up. In the morning it flourisheth and groweth up. In the evening it is cut down and withereth. For we are consumed by thine anger and by thy wrath are we troubled. Thou hast set our iniquities before thee, our secret sins in the light of thy countenance. For all our days are passed away in thy wrath. We spend our years as a tale that is told. The days of our years are threescore years and ten, and if by reason of strength they be fourscore years, yet is their strength labor and sorrow, for it is soon cut off and we fly away. Who knoweth the power of thine anger? Even according to thy fear, so is thy wrath. Verse 12 says, So teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. Return, O Lord, how long? And let it repent thee concerning thy servants. O satisfy us early with thy mercy, that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. Make us glad according to the days wherein thou hast afflicted us and the years wherein we have seen evil. Let thy work appear unto thy servants and thy glory unto their children. Let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us, and establish thou the work of our hands upon us. Yea, the work of our hands establish thou it. Father, we do thank you again this evening as we take this time, Lord, to briefly look into your word this evening. I pray, Lord, that you would help us, Lord, to be able to grasp truths from thy word that would speak to our hearts, that would change our lives. Father, we pray that everything that's said and everything that's done would bring glory and honor to you. For it's in our Savior's name we pray. Amen and amen. Psalm 90 is one of the few that's not a psalm of David, actually, but it is a psalm of Moses. And it is, in fact, a prayer of Moses is the way that it's probably labeled in most of your Bibles. It really speaks of us as we looked, as we looked in our uh, New Year's Eve service together, as we looked uh, this morning, as we looked into God's Word. We looked at this simple idea, you know, that you know, there's a year ahead of us. There's a year before us. Let's make it count. Let's make it count. They go by so quickly. We flipped the calendars, and I said this morning, you know, there was a time when it doesn't seem that long ago when 2013 would have sounded science fiction or something, but yet that's where we are. 
And before we know it, it'll be 2014, and it'll be 2015 if the Lord tarries and doesn't return for us. And of course, as Moses is praying this prayer to God, as he's talking to God, he is speaking about this life. And if you would, in summing up much of what he's saying here, he's talking about the brevity of life, even if we do live our full three score and 10 or four score years, 70, 80 years upon this earth. He talks about that it's just, it's just a fleeting moment. It's so quick in comparison to eternity that when we spend a, a thousand years with the Lord, it's like a day that's gone by. The Bible uses this illustration in other places when it talks about a thousand years being as a day with the Lord. But yet, there in verse 12, he asks a specific thing that I would just like us to focus on a few moments this evening. He asks in verse 12 in this prayer, he says, So teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. Teach us to number our days. You would what he's talking about here, Lord. Help us to number, help us to, to, to evaluate in light of what he's talking about of, of this life being so brief. Help us to evaluate our times. Help us to number our days. Help us to count our days. Help us to realize that every day, every day is worth so much to us. He says, help us to evaluate our time, our days, to number our days, that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. You know, here, when he speaks of wisdom, we know from all that he's saying that he's speaking of God's wisdom. We see around us, he talks about many of the difficult things that we see around us in this earth as he looks here. He speaks of the wrath of God and the anger of God. And of course, we recognize that it's all as a result of sin. Sin is what brought death into this world. That curse of sin is all around us and everything that we say, that we see, it's there for such a brief time, and yet he made this clear picture that, Lord, you know, before the mountains were brought forth, he says, or ever thou hadst formed the earth in the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. For each and every one of us, life is brief. We have been blessed with a new year on the calendar, but will we use it for anything worthwhile? So many days are just wasted. As we look at this, and I want to remind you of something that I mentioned this morning, that with the new year, it offers us a, a new opportunity to forget those things which are behind and to reach forth to those things which are before us, as we talked about this morning, pressing towards the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. We have a goal, and that goal is to be Christ-like, is to be as much like Christ as we possibly can. It's not to be accepted by the world. It's not to be okay with the world. It's not to just get by so that we don't somehow get God's wrath brought down upon us. It's to be this one thing I do, he said, to be like Christ. Let Christ be seen in my life in everything that I do. We have this opportunity, each and every one of us. Some course will be charted for each of our lives in this year ahead. 
with God, you truly can have a fresh start. Because as we saw this morning, whatever is behind you is behind you. Some good, some bad. We felt it. We messed up some places. But he said that if you'll confess your faults, he's faithful and just to forgive you those faults, to cleanse you from all unrighteousness, he said. So we all have this opportunity. Last year is gone. It's in the books. There's nothing we can do to change it. But a new year. It's an opportunity to do as Moses was praying here in verse 12. Teach us to number our days. Teach us to examine our days. Teach us to look at what we're doing, to think about it so that we can apply wisdom to what we do. And of course, here we know that in the wisdom that he's speaking of, when we look at all in its context, he's talking about the God that's been there from eternity to eternity. God, we're just here for a flash. You know, like the grass is there in the morning and it's gone. Our time is limited, but God, you've been there forever and you'll be there forever. The sovereignty of God. He is God of all. God of eternity, and he is in control. So help us, Lord. Help us to evaluate our time, to evaluate our days, that we might apply wisdom, that we might live our lives as God would have us to. I just want to give you a few practical steps from my heart, and I can't even claim originality for all of this. My heart really began to think along these lines that I want to share with you this evening through a devotional that somebody sent to me, and I don't even know who to give credit because it's one of those things that, that came that really touched my heart, but then I got to the end and it didn't even tell who had written it. I said, well, God sent it to me anyway because I needed that. <laughs> you see, how can we apply this? If we're asking God truly to teach us to, to number our days, that we might apply our hearts unto wisdom, that we might gain wisdom, that we might be wise in what we're doing. Well, I want to say to you that first of all, one thing that we can do is think upon God's glory instead of self-glory, self-gratification. We're programmed to think about what self wants and what will be pleasing to self what self is going to like. But in everything that we read in the Word of God pertaining to self, pertaining to this flesh, he's a pretty tyrannical, disappointing God at the very best. That's God with a little g, by the way. Oh, he'll try to control you. Try to control your lives. You see, what we recognize, though, is that more that self has, the less that self is satisfied. You can feed it. You can try to meet those lusts, but you'll never get there. The more that it has, the more that it wants. We've seen recently in our study in looking at the church and looking at worship specifically that we're created to bring glory to God. We're not here to satisfy this flesh, and this flesh is sinful, and this flesh will desire sinful things to be satisfied. We're here. We're created to bring glory to our God. We exist to have a relationship with him, to know him, and for him to be known through our lives. You know, the truth is we try to fulfill our lives so many times by the things that will please the flesh, whether it's a better job or a promotion 
whether it's something that we've maybe worked for and saved for for so long, we, we try so hard many times to feel our life being fulfilled in what we've accomplished, the things that we've done and the things that we've accumulated. And I'm simply saying, Lord, teach us to number our days. Teach us to examine our time that we have because whatever we have is brief so that we can truly apply wisdom and gain wisdom and apply that to our hearts. Help us, Lord. Help us in the year ahead to think about God being glorified with my life instead of me being satisfied with it. Secondly, another thing when we can number our days and we can examine our time is think about becoming rather than doing. You know, so much of our time is spent on what we've got to do. I don't know about you. Anybody here make lists for yourselves? <laughs> Your to-do list? Or maybe you ladies make to-do lists for the husbands? <laughs> because that's the only way you hope to get some of that stuff done. But lots of us are list people. And, I'm, you know, I'm not saying that's all bad. But I'm saying I believe that in our lives so many times we can get so hung up on the list. And the truth is this. I found this out sadly if you haven't found it out yet. I never, never have, never will get to the bottom of that list. It just won't happen. The list grows faster than I can go through it and mark things off. There's more things added to it. And it's the same in all of our lives. There's always things to do. I can't get it all done. You can't get it all done. You see, I guess as we search God's Word, though, we learn that really His focus, as we saw this morning, His focus is upon being, not doing. What we are who we are. We saw this morning, this one thing I do, it is in being like Christ. It's not what I do. Our whole salvation, our relationship with God, it's not in our accomplishments and what we do and what we don't do. It's all in being in Christ. It's who we are. If we can focus on the becoming, becoming what God wants us to be, Truly becoming like Christ. I said, and I repeat it again in case you weren't here this morning. You know, a lot of New Year's resolutions are good and they're honorable and they mean well. But this one thing you ought to do, this one thing you ought to do is to be like Christ. If you truly set your heart, this one thing I do, to be more like him, it will. It will help you whether it's in your relationships, whether it's in your parenting, whether it's in your personal life. Every area of your life will be affected if you're more like the Savior. So I'm saying, Lord, how can we truly, as our life is so brief, none of us know. We don't know how much time we have. We don't know how much more or how little of it that there is. But instead of focusing upon all the doing. Let us focus upon being, being like Christ, being what God wants us to do. And I believe with all my heart that his word teaches us that if we'll be what he wants us to be, he will do through us what he wants to do. Let God do with our lives what he wants to do. Some of us need to be more organized. Some of us need our list to get through, but that shouldn't be our focus. It shouldn't be on getting through the list should be 
being like him, becoming like the Lord. Lord, teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. You know, one of the things that is a blessing and a curse in this life is those things called possessions. May I say that as you number your days, as you evaluate your days, not only think on God's glory over self-gratification, not only think about becoming rather than doing, but think stewardship instead of ownership. We tend to think about what I've got and what I've built up and what I've worked so hard for and what I deserve and all these things that I have. Well, let us say that again, if we go back to God's word, even our life is not our own. We've been bought with a price. We belong to him. I don't own me and you don't own you. Matter of fact, we've been given another year on the calendar, but that year's not ours to live. It's God's. He owns all of time. He owns all of eternity. But the Bible teaches us about being good stewards. It teaches us about the master that went away and that left us with stewards of what we had. And one day we'll face him with what we did for it. You know, life itself, it's a gift from God. He's loaned it to us for a, for a certain amount of time, whatever that is, and one day, one day we will give account for what we've done with it every day, every breath, every moment, every relationship that we have. It's all a gift from God. As we embark upon another year, we'll either be asking ourselves, what do I want? <laughs> what do I want? Or we'll be asking ourselves, God, what do you want? What do you want? It all belongs to you. <laughs> what do you want me to do with it? How do you want me to use it in my life? Lord, teach us to number our days that we might apply our hearts unto wisdom. Thinking God's glory instead of self-gratification. Thinking about becoming rather than doing. Thinking about stewardship over ownership. And fourthly, think about investing over spending. You see, if you spend your life, you're going to have less of it a year from now have you ever spent anything and had more of what you spent? No. You spend your life, you'll have less of it a year from now than you've got right now. You must invest in order to multiply. Spending looks at right now, this moment. Investing looks at the future. It looks at the bigger picture. Spending focuses upon me in most cases, whereas investing is in the lives of others. Spending is always, always a downward cycle of depletion. The more you spend, the less you have. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure that out. That's pure, simple arithmetic that we learned those first few years in school. You see, spending 
is always depleting. Investing is multiplying. Spending will leave you empty. Investing will fill you up. And while spending is often reactionary and impulsive, investing is causative. It takes planning. It's intentional. You see, what I'm talking about is we need to wake up every day asking God to lead us, to guide us, to use me for his purposes today. Lord, help me to serve others. Help me to edify somebody today. Help me to build somebody up that's down. Help me to be an encouragement to somebody that's, that's really struggling. I believe that we've got to be willing to invest ourselves in others. If we want to get to the end of life, and as the Apostle Paul, have no regrets. Simple truth is, we will spend our lives. And that's why some people just simply burn out over time. There's nothing left. They give, and sometimes it's with the best of intentions. They give and give and give. We need to be investing. Because you see, so many times we get caught up. We get ourselves in these traps. Think investing over spending, but think important over urgent. How many times do those deadlines get you? Something in life is so urgent that there's suddenly there's all this stress and all this, this pressure that's upon us because it has to be done yesterday and it's still not done. Dwight D. Eisenhower, the great general and former president, he made this statement, which is pretty thought-provoking. He said, the urgent is rarely important, and the important is rarely urgent. The urgent is rarely important, and the important is rarely urgent. You see, the most important things in life are sometimes some of the quietest things. <laughs> important things don't usually come in demanding our attention. We find that if important things are ignored, though, life becomes abundantly urgent. <laughs> the more you give yourself to that which is important, the less you'll be ruled by that urgency in life. Simple truth is, is you know, day by day by day, we will decide what is important to us. We will decide what we're going to do with our time. I'm saying that many times you wake up and you lose the choice of what you're doing with your time because life has become so urgent. There's all these things that have to be done today that there's really no choice in it whatsoever. If we will truly deal with the important things in life, then life itself will not become so urgent. Let us not get sidetracked. Let us use our time wisely. Lord, help us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. You see, part of that, and these all tie together, is we need to be thinking about relationships over productivity. So many times in our last product, productivity is everything. It's how much we can produce, how much we can accomplish, what we can do. 
We need to be thinking about people over processes. You know, as we study through God's Word, what we see time and time and time and time again is that God loves people. Not tasks, He loves people. He cares about our relationship, our relationship with Him and our relationship with everybody around us. Not that checklist that we've got to get through. Not what we've got to produce for today. You see, sometimes... Checking off our list can help us to feel productive, help us to feel like that we're doing something worthwhile, that we're getting something accomplished. But I just want to remind you as we go into a new year, folks, I'm not saying don't do anything, but I'm saying that relationships are what matter most to Jesus. What are his top two commands in all the Bible? To love God. To love him with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your total being. Love God and then to love each other. He said everything else, all of his commandments hinge on that. Love. That's what's important to him. More than anything else, he so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. He wants you to have healthy relationships. He created you to have a relationship with him. He wants you to be reconciled to him, and he wants you to be reconciled with all those around you that maybe they've hurt you, or maybe you've hurt them. Maybe sometimes they don't deserve it. You know what? He wants you to forgive them. Just as he, as he was being nailed to that cross, he asked forgiveness for the very ones that were nailing him there. He wants us to love with that unconditional love that he loves with. Not to try to work out who deserves it and who doesn't. He wants you to forgive those that have hurt you. He wants you to love those around you. He wants you to love your spouses. Your, he wants you to nurture your children. He wants you to have true fellowship with the church, not just pass each other in the aisles on Sunday and know this person's a member and that person's a member. He wants you to have a relationship, a family, a body, all one. You see, he wants you through love to win others to him. He wants you to love the world like he loves it, to have the compassion for it that he has for it. He wants each and every one of us, his people, to be the most hospitable, charitable, gracious people on the planet because he wants people to see Christ in each and every one of us. Folks, a simple thought. Teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom if we're not careful. Just as the psalmist is talking about here, our days will just fleet by us and they'll be gone. We can't go back and do anything that we didn't do in 2012. We can't undo the things that we did do. We can't change those. Forget those things. Put them behind you. But help us, Lord. Help us to evaluate today. Help us to evaluate what you've given me today, what I'm going to do with this time, because this is what I have, and none of us have much of it. Help us, Lord, to think God's glory over self-gratification, 
to think about becoming rather than doing, to think about stewardship rather than ownership, to think about investing rather than just spending, to think about important over urgent, to think relationships over productivity. Two others I'd like to give you in closing. Think influence over accomplishment. <laughs> Boy, wasn't Jesus the greatest illustration of that? I don't want to stand here. I want to run a little bit. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, you stop and think of all the wonderful miracles that Jesus performed while he was here. On Think of the things that he did. They're phenomenal. But think about something else. Think about not just what he did that's recorded for us that he did during those 33 and a half years that he had upon planet Earth, but think about the 2,000 years of influence that his life has had since he left this world. You see, at the end of life, we're going to all discover that we may be <coughs> overvalued all those accomplishments that we could accomplish in life and undervalued our influence as a person, our influence on those around us. Too many times we, you know, we prize our trophies. We won this and we won that and we, and we hang the trophies up and we want everybody to know that we're a winner and we've accomplished this and we've done this. So often... So often, those things cost us in the neglect of others around us. So many times, in order to achieve those accomplishments, we neglect the very people that mean the most to us. You see, we just need to grasp and understand. It's not that we don't do things, folks, but far more important than what we achieve in this next year it's what influence that we'll have on all the people around us, on all the lives around us. It's kind of hard to measure influence sometimes because, you know, in most cases, it's not really clear until after you're gone. <laughs> so often, it's not so obvious while you're still even living and breathing, but that influence is what goes on for years and years and years. You see, influence is often intangible. It's hard to see. It's hard to count. It's hard to get hold of because often it's spiritual and it's eternal. It's the only way to make your life count after you've left. <laughs> the influence that you have. Lord, teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. You teach us that it's wise. It's wise to think God's glory over self-gratification, to think about becoming over doing, to think about stewardship over ownership, to think about investing over spending, to think important over urgent, to think relationships over productivity, to think influence over accomplishment. Finally, seems like it really goes contrary to what everybody says around us, but 
think, focus over multitasking. You know, we hear this multitasking all the time. We've got to be able to do this and this and this and this, and we're doing so many things. We don't have time to focus on any one thing. So many multiple forms of media, and, and, and some of it's good, I know. So many devices. So many people wanting your attention at the same time. Have you ever heard the saying, there's nothing more valuable than time? Well, I've thought about that. You know, we, we say that a lot because most of us would rather have more of it rather than less of it. And the simple truth is, is that I'm not so sure it's completely accurate. You know, probably something that's at least as valuable as time is what we do with it. <laughs> time can just be totally wasted. What do we do with that time? What do we do with the time that we have? What attention do we really give to it? Time and focus are two different things. Of course, I think one of the negative impacts of technology and media, <laughs> we don't have much of an attention span anymore. <laughs> we don't remember things anymore. You know, it's like even phone numbers. No, we used to remember each other's phone numbers. Now we just know you got a name on here somewhere in this, you know, nobody remembers numbers anymore. We don't remember anything we don't have to because we've just, we've, we've got it all programmed for us, so, so we just go to it. We don't have to focus oftentimes on relationships. Too much of that focus has been diminished. Our technologies have taken the place of people in our lives. We need to recapture some of those moments, those uninterruptible, irreplaceable moments that we just have with, with each other. We need to renew our attention spans, folks, for God, for people, for the things that matter most in life. Anything of eternal value is going to require a little attention. It should have our focus. It shouldn't just be part of all these hundreds of things we're doing. And what I'm saying is, you know, if we're not careful, what we're doing spiritually, what we're doing for God just becomes one amongst a list of all these other things we've got to do. We've got to do this and this and this and this and this and this all at the same time. We need to focus. We're going to do as we looked at this morning, this one thing I do to become more like Christ. That won't happen by itself. We need to guard it. Well, you know, I, I didn't take time to literate these things all with the same letters like I often do and all this. It's just some simple thoughts for me to you as I read through this prayer of Moses and we see this simple request, you know, Lord, time is brief. Time is fleeting. Teach us to number our days. Teach us to evaluate the days, the time that we've got that we may apply our hearts into wisdom, that we might gain your wisdom, that we might live our lives the way you want us to live them, Lord. We find that these are just some simple things, but it's, it's one thing to read them. It's one thing to hear me get up here and quote them a few times tonight and talk about them a little bit, but it's another thing to implement them in our lives. Folks, that's what we need to do. 
We need to truly, as we pray to the Lord, as we evaluate our time that we've got, we need to seek His wisdom. We need to live our days wisely. That requires some serious prayer. It requires some serious time with Him. It certainly lead into some pretty heart-to-heart -heart conversations with God. Sometimes about things we're a little bit afraid to talk to Him about because we're afraid of the answers He might give us. It's also going to lead maybe into some heart-to-hearts with people around you, your spouses, your children, your parents, your friends, the people around you, the relationships. It's going to require sometimes making some pretty courageous decisions by faith. Again, as we saw this morning, that resolve, the resolve that the Daniels had to have and the Jacobs had to have and the Davids had to have, the resolve that we all need to have in our lives. But we've got God's Holy Spirit living within us, folks. We may need not forget. He will provide for us. He is there for us. His wisdom will guide us if we seek it. His strength will sustain us. We can live lives. We can live lives that he's pleased with if we give him our lives. And if we simply ask as Moses did here, Lord, teach us to number our days. Teach us to evaluate what we have so that we can apply our hearts unto wisdom, so that, Lord, we can allow you to help us, you that we're here from everlasting to everlasting, day by day. These are just simple things, folks. Truth is, it all really comes back to that one thing. If the things are important to us are the things that were important to Christ, then we'll be okay. If the things we do with our time are the things that Christ did with his time, we'll be okay. If we'll truly let the Christ that's within us guide our lives and do with us what he wants to, it will be okay. None of us know. None of us know. We're reminded of time at this time of year. None of us know. But God knows. And God knows that he's given us today. He's loaned us today. What are we going to do with right now? What are we going to do when we approach tomorrow? What are we going to do? If God has given us another day, what are we going to do with it? Lord, help us to number it. Help us to truly evaluate it. Help us to decide what's important tomorrow based upon your word and your will, not our own. Help us, Lord. Teach us so that we might be able to apply our hearts unto wisdom, to gain your wisdom, to be able to use your wisdom in how we spend this day that you've blessed us with. Father, we thank you so much. Lord, this simple verse in Scripture, Lord, could we ask you please to help us to number our days, to evaluate our days, to evaluate our time, to evaluate what you've given us. And Lord, that in so doing, to be able to apply your wisdom in all that we do. Oh, help us, Lord. Every day that we have is important. Every day that we have will either be used or it will be wasted. Help us, Lord, to use it 
for your glory. Help us to be everything that you would have us to be. Help our life, as we saw this morning, count for something. Allow this time that you've given us to count for something worthwhile. And Lord, we give you all the praise and all the thanks for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.